0: Welcome to Pathway Home. This is a podcast, but it is more than a podcast. It is also your online church. My name is Pastor Kyle Bauer,
1: and I'm Amy Ayala,
0: and we are here to talk about the things of God, which are best talked about in conversation, right. one with another. I've I've uh, uh, seen throughout my life in ministry that the best times of talking about the Lord and the best times of really uncovering what the Bible means for us in our personal life is around my kitchen table with people. Yeah. You can check us out at pwh.tv. That is our home site for Pathway Home. It is our online church. We have an on-ground church here in Northridge, California, which is in the Los Angeles area, and it's called Pathway SFV. SFV stands for San Fernando Valley, which is just north of uh, downtown LA probably about 20 minutes north of downtown LA yeah. so uh, I'm excited to be here this is our very first episode
1: yeah super excited it's been a long time coming well actually it hasn't seemed that long but we're finally here
0: oh my goodness but we've been talking about doing this for a long time now yeah. and uh, we just want to talk we want to invite you into what God is doing here we want to invite you into the conversation because there's so many things to talk about And God is so good. My goodness, He is so good. Amen. He is more good than you and I deserve.
1: You know, and I think that 2020 really showed that. The goodness of God, despite all that's going on, like we're still here and He's still working. And that doesn't change just because of the season.
0: No, not at all. God is faithful throughout every season of the soul, every season of life. Actually, you know what? I was just reading uh, in my Bible just yesterday about when um, in 2 Kings, mm-hmm. when God allowed the Assyrians to take over the Israelites. Um, and the king of Assyria was so boastful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he, then after he took over the Israelites, he came for Hezekiah and Judah in the southern portion of Israel. And he was so boastful. He was so arrogant. And basically, the prophet Isaiah said this, he said, you think you're doing whatever you want, hmm. but I'll tell you what, you have taken over that nation and that nation, and you've done this, that, and the other, because that was my direction. Wow. You are actually doing what I wanted done in the world. You thought it was you, and I, it, it just, it hit me so hard, yeah. because it's, y- you think the world just got out of control.
1: As if it was something random that just happened.
0: Yeah. Or, you know, somehow uh, China's involved or the USA did something or Russia or whoever else mm-hmm. in the world is doing something. And, and it's the there's people all around the world that are running everything. No, God is running things. Mm-hmm. Which
1: there's a you know, there's a greater kingdom than we think, like kingdom over government and all of that. And it's funny that you bring that up because just yesterday I was reading through two passages and I've been really, really intrigued by Ecclesiastes right now. And the one verse that really got to me was that it said, there's a time to tear down and there's a time to build up. And as I was reading that verse, I said, if there was one verse that would describe what this past season has been like, it's this Mm -hmm. one, especially for the church, I think in general, because had it not been for that this past season, I don't think we would have even be sitting here doing this podcast or doing anything online related. Uh,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Other than just broadcasting what we normally do on a Sunday morning.
1: Yeah. And I think that just the time, and the season that God pushed us into and leaned us into, one forced us to have a private relationship with him. Mm. You know, I love, I I heard a pastor that said this, that the year 2020 was basically God putting the church on timeout to think about what they've done. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, that's so true for the believer, the church and the believer, because 2020 really forced me to think, to think about what life has been, to think about what I have done and to think about what it could be and to realize Nothing past, present, or future could ever be done without Him. So what does that mean for this season, the time and now? You know, and as you think about what, you know, Pathway TV or Pathway Home is going to be, this is the time and now into what God has called us into. And it's really a matter of, will you respond and say yes?
0: You know, 2020, you know, we should do uh, an episode (laughs) just on what did God do in 2020? 2020. (laughs) Uh that, what didn't he do? <laughs> oh my goodness. The, that subject is too big for what we wanted to talk about today. Yeah. But maybe maybe we'll get to that in a later yeah. episode because we could talk a long time about that. Yeah. Um I, I believe God is doing a great reformation yeah. in the church. The church needed to be reformed, uh, reset. Hmm. But actually that that is a great segue into what we wanted to talk about today. This being our first episode. <laughs> Um, we wanted to talk uh, about why are we doing Pathway Home, pwh.tv. Why is this, why do we want to do an online church? Why is, why are, why are we uh, not just going to do on ground and just post online the th- very things we do on ground, mm-hmm. but we want to go about church in a very different way. So I, w- we want to, I wanted to talk to you about that this morning. I want you to join us. This is our, this is, like our pastoring moments.
1: There you
0: go. You know, it's, it's, it's not, we're not preaching. No, We're going to talk about the Bible. We're going to talk about life and, and, and stuff, but this is where you take what the word of God says and you begin to integrate it into everyday life. Mesh it. That's right. And so Amy, give us a little bit of a, of an understanding of why are we starting this online church and, and not only doing an on ground, uh,
1: Well, for for me personally, when we started talking about this, I remember the specific day that we talked about it, God was already showing uh, me personally so much of what he was doing online. And for so long previous to this, um, I feel like we had times where we we prayed, God, let there be revival, let there be revival. And I feel like revival was staring right in front of us. We just didn't want to catch it.
0: Mm.
1: Because I believe that God can um, work in different methods without the mission ever changing. And this is just another method of him doing that. And I remember the specific day where I caught on to this, where I was actually going live on TikTok, and I gave an altar call, you know, like, who wants to accept Jesus after giving that gospel message? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I said, you know, you did the sinner's prayer. If you prayed this prayer, type in saved. And that I could count, I was able to count around 160 people that said saved, that I could count. And my eyes started opening up to how much could be available online and how necessary it was for there to be a community that exists that would, you know, bring people in, that would bring people home, that would capture the, capture the heart of the Father and the, the heart that God wants us to have towards people. Mm-hmm. And so as I started leaning into that, very quickly, I think you even, you know, after hearing about what was going on, I think it was already in your heart previously to yeah. do something online. Yeah. It just made sense, it, you know, if you're not going to do it now, then when? You know, this is the perfect season and the perfect time to step into something like I this. I mean, how much
0: more perfect than than getting all getting all ready together in 2020? Yeah. When for a, a time, you know, the church couldn't even meet indoors together. Yeah. Now our church has been meeting indoors since Pentecost Sunday, May 31st, 2020, and yeah. I will never shut my doors again. Yeah. Never do it again, Um, because because people need God. People need the church. The church uh, was deemed Mm non-essential. And I'll tell you what, there is nothing further from the truth. The church is the most essential thing in the world. Say, well, I mean, come on, government. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, government is not God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Government likes to play God, but they aren't God. Yeah. And, and government cannot transform a life mm-hmm. government cannot change a heart government cannot make an evil person good mm. government cannot make a dead person live mm. only jesus can yeah and the church is what jesus established on earth for all of those things to happen church is not church is not about an experience church is about an encounter with jesus
1: But that's the only way a heart can change. Uh, There is no other way. No other way. You know, you can attend a service without your heart ever changing. Mm -hmm. But the moment where you encounter Jesus, the true God, and have that realization birth in your heart, your life is never the same. It can't be the same. It's like I've always said, once I really saw Jesus, my life completely changed. And there was no way of going back. How can I go back after I have tasted and seen that he is good? There's just no way.
0: You keep your heart. You got to keep your heart in this season, though. In, yeah. Well, in every season, that's all. You got to keep your heart because you say, "How can I go back?" Yet people do. Mm-hmm. People go back because they don't guard their heart. Right. You get comfortable. You get um, you get sloppy complacent. in your living, complacent mm-hmm. in your living, and you allow things to come back to you again. And that's actually part of the message of what you read in the Bible, when, when God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, they, um, they were freed. Uh, The 10 plagues happened with a, with a powerful arm. God forced them or forced Pharaoh to let them go. And he did. And so they went through the desert and they got to the shores of the Red Sea. Hmm. And then what happened? They were trapped. There's desert on one side. There's there's Pharaoh's army bearing down on them. And then they're trapped against the sea. There was nowhere for that amount of people to go. And, and so what was happening? Well, Pharaoh said, hey, I want my slaves back. Yeah. And so he came after them. It's the same thing the devil does. Mm. You, you receive Jesus. You decide to follow him. There's deliverance in your own life. And you start seeing, tasting and, and seeing how good God is. And you start running towards Jesus. And then right hot on your tail. Is the devil saying, I want you back and I'm going to come and get you back. I'm going to come and seduce you. I'm going to come tempt you to sin and I'm going to get you to renounce
1: with everything.
0: Oh, man. You know, there, I heard a testimony of, of, of somebody a while ago who said that they were, um, they were bound in drugs and they, they, you know, they had to lie, cheat and steal in order to get drug money. And as soon as he came to Jesus everything changed. He was off drugs, he disconnected from that life, and that's when all of the drug dealers started offering him free drugs. Hmm. Not one time before that had he ever been offered free drugs until he came to know Jesus. Why? Because it's Pharaoh's army bearing down on you again to get you back.
1: To bring you back into that life. Oh man. And the thing is we can fool ourselves cuz if you think about it even afterwards when they were in the in the desert they would say, "Well, at least there we had this." You know, oh they started craving the things from the past. And what I love about, you know, as you bring that up, and I think that's even specific towards the season that we're in, there's one that was able to stand in the midst of all of them, and that was Caleb. Mm-hmm. In the midst of doubt, in the midst of everything that it could be, and maybe we should just go back to where we came from. I love that the scripture says, But my servant Caleb mm-hmm. because he had a different spirit. And I remember reading that verse very early on in twenty twenty and saying, God, I want to be identified like Caleb, not one that is, you know, you know, caged in by their doubts or what could be or maybe I should go back, but one that would be able to stand and say, God, I'll believe you even when it seems difficult. You know, in in Psalm 23, when it talks about, you know, you you put a, a table before my enemies, I never realized that it said my enemies, meaning even When you're following God, you will still have enemies. It's not that there's a lack of enemies or enemies won't exist or temptation won't exist, it will. But He, even there, He will lead you. And I think that that's why the story of Caleb really stood out to me because, yeah, it seemed impossible to get into the promised land. Yeah, it seemed like there was a lot of enemies. But He would say, let us go at once because He believed what God said. And I think that that is a testament to what. You know, all of us who have been involved have done believing what God has said and saying, I won't be pushed back by fear. I mean, you've had the doors open since what, what you say, May, May, May 31st. 31st. You won't be pushed back by fear or allow fear to control how you move forward, but you're moving forward on a word. And that's all that matters.
0: Yeah. That our trust is not in anything else but God. Yeah. And that he's the one who sustains us. And, uh, and I'm not going to ever be relegated as non-essential, when the Church of Jesus Christ is the most essential thing. I think a lot of people um, believe that uh, following Jesus or or the Bible or going to church is about making uh, bad people good. Mm-hmm. The gospel is not about making bad people nice. It's about making dead people live. Mm. That we were once dead in our tre- trespasses and sin. We were cut off from God but for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And in his death, we died with him. And in his resurrection, we get new life. We get his life in us. And it's not about just, it's not about being a goody two shoes. I'm holier than thou. That's, that has nothing to do with the gospel not even close. It's about, I was dead in all of the things that separated me from God, but I have put on the new life in Jesus Mm -hmm.
1: And you got to ask yourself, well, how many churches are there really speaking this message anymore? You know, and I think that that's why this call is so special, because there has to be those that are willing to say (laughs) what the gospel actually is and to say the truth. And the more and more I see the church, the more and more I see that there's people who would rather not and bring this other type of message. But I'll be honest with you, ever since I came here to Pathway, I've seen the gospel in every message. I love Charles Spurgeon. He actually says, if the sermon doesn't point to Jesus, it's, not, it's no sermon at all. Yeah. And, you know, if you think about the time that we're in, you kind of see Jesus less and less, and you see, you know, ourselves and our preachings more and more. And this is all about the Father. I mean, the only way you can have a transformed heart is if Jesus comes into it. The only way that I could have a Savior is if I recognize that I am a sinner, because I have been saved from yeah. something. But if I can't recognize my sin, I can't recognize a savior, and I think that that's where the you know God's transformative power begins to happen. You know, you take Ephesians 2, for I was dead in my trespasses and sin. He was able to say, yeah, that's how I was. That was my condition. But God stepped in. You know, I love that but God moment, where He steps into your story and everything changes. And you know, as we're leaning into launching the online church and this community, I feel like this is this but God moment. Yeah, you were down and out, but God stepped in. Yes, you were dead in your trespasses and sins, but God made you alive together with Christ. Yes, you were all of these things, but God raised you up and lifted you up and seated you next to Jesus,
0: you know? God is getting ready to do something amazing in this world. And that's why we decided to start Pathway Home. And all of these things that we've been talking about 2020, and now here we are a couple weeks into almost a couple weeks into 2021, which uh, uh, to this moment doesn't look like it's going to be much better than (laughs) than 2020. But God, Mm -hmm. but God is in, but God is on the throne and God is working behind the scenes. Even when you don't see it, uh, he's, he's working. It was in 2020 that when the church uh, had to go on lockdown with everybody else that we had to figure out how we were going to do church yeah. um, without being able to meet and so uh, churches by the thousands are are going online and they're and basically what they're doing is their their uh, Sunday morning service and just putting a camera on it and putting it on social media on YouTube yeah. or facebook or or wherever and And I decided as I as I was looking at how things were progressing, I thought, okay, if we do this like this, it's fine for right now. Mm -hmm. But in six months or a year, 18 months tops, we're going to look at what we're doing right now and say, oh, my gosh, that was so 2020 (laughs) (laughs) and that that uh, I think part of what God was doing in 2020 is he is reforming and resetting the church because the world has changed. I am not that old. Um, in, what, about four and a half months, I turned 40. Okay. So, yeah, she's looking at me saying, well, it's old to me. <laughs> I feel like I'm 20, all right? I feel like I'm 20 years younger than I am. Oh, but you're
1: young, Patrick. No, you're young. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, not,
0: I'm not, not that old, all right? I'm not like in my 60s. Somebody's somebody 60-year-old listening to this right now. I'm like, hey! <laughs> Sorry. Um, but... I am old enough. Yeah, I graduated high school in 1999. I am old enough that I was probably the last class that graduated that did not have computer courses as a requirement. Mm. The smart, uh, 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 Facebook and YouTube didn't even come to the scene until I think it was 2005. I'd already been married for two years. I didn't have my first smartphone until I was well into my 20s. I that's just amazing. It's
1: It's a different world right now that you're speaking. It is. It's a yeah. different
0: world. And now and so that gosh, I think I had my first smartphone. I think it was in two thousand ten. So here we are about eleven years later.
1: Yeah, I was I was around high school at that time then.
0: What year did you graduate?
1: Twenty thirteen. Mm. <laughs>
0: i have already been graduating for 14 years by then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: you graduated. I was probably like four years old, he said. Uh, yeah. yeah. What year were you born? 1995. So. Oh, my gosh. You were <laughs> only four years old when I graduated yeah. high
0: school. Um, but the reality is that in, those la- in these last 10 years, li- th- the world has completely changed. Mm-hmm. We have generations that are about my age and below. That by the time we pass on from this world and our time in this earth is done, we'll have lived probably a third to a half of our life looking at this thing right here.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, A third to a half of our life will not be spent in church. It won't be spent in school. It won't be spent in our homes or our jobs. It will be spent in all of those different places, but with this thing right in front of your eyes for most of your life. So how do we take church and bring it to here? Not just saying, hey, this is what we do on ground. Let's put a camera on it and you can, yeah, you can get it on your phone. You know, you just go to our our YouTube site, Pathway SFV on YouTube and you can watch our Sunday morning service. But PWH TV is still part of Pathway, but it's a very different way of doing church.
1: Yeah. You know, the way that I think about it is, you know, when I... to any pastor, especially yourself, you've told me a vision that God has given you for a specific church, you know, for this church. This is what we're going to do. And I remember conversations that we would have of what God is speaking into you. And as we were, you know, this was developing, I started thinking, then the exact same thing needs to exist online. Mm-hmm. Because there's a specific call and a specific vision that God has placed on an online church, as well as a, you know, on-ground church. Online church, you know, it, it's almost to move away from it being something secondary, but something to be primary on its own, existing on its own, a, a community of its own, Pre- preaching people from all over the world. You know, you can be yeah. preaching people from all over the world, and they still feel connected by the way that God has just ordained things and placed things. Not that that's not that they exist separately, but they're both important in their own, in their own way.
0: Yeah, because the reality is, is what we do here on ground you know, it's hard to be really a part of it unless you live within a 30-mile radius yeah. of where our church is located. But there's a lot of wonderful things that God's doing, and as we go over through the the months and years of doing this, not and it's not just podcasts that we're doing here no. uh, on, on pwh.tv, there's, we want to connect with you. We want to connect with you via Zoom. Uh, we've got uh, very uh, different things that we're doing. Podcast uh, services. Podca- services I, I believe we're going to do it Saturday night. We're going to start it around Easter of okay, this year, with with uh, worship and service. Is a much uh, abbreviated form uh, of of service, but one that it it it's it's inviting you in even from your phone or your tablet, or if mm-hmm. you want to you know, uh, mirror it on your, on your big screen TV. You can, but we want you to be part of us and we want to connect with you. We don't want to just make content and throw it up there and, and, and somebody just views it and say, Hey, look, somebody viewed our stuff. How nice. No, but the, the, the views aren't just, uh, uh, Twitter handles or Instagram handles. It's people. They're people. There are people with real life problems, real life issues, and every person needs jesus and we want to do the best that we can to reach out and to and to really pastor you you know let me just let me just say this to anybody listening or watching right now, I want to be your pastor, I want to be your pastor. You may have a church that you already go to, and you you're coming here to because uh, it's interesting to you or you feel like you're getting fed. Excellent. Keep connected to your church. But I know there's a lot of people listening right now or watching right now church. that, that they, you, you've never had a church or you've never had anybody say to you, I want to be your pastor. And and if you were sitting right where Amy is right now and you were looking at me in, in, in my eyes, I would tell you the same thing. I want to be your Pastor. I want you to be part of what God is doing here because God is doing amazing stuff on ground and it's going to spill over into online. You are going to watch miracles happen in your life. You're going to watch the supernatural begin to touch your home, your heart, your mind, your body because God is not limited by time or space and God and, and, and Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. Yesterday, and today, and forever, and he loves you. He, you have an appointment with Jesus on Jesus' agenda right now. You are on Jesus' calendar, and he's got an appointment for you, and the, even you listening to this right now or watching this right now uh, is one of those appointments, but you need, to, you need to know we love you. God loves you, and we're doing this because you are important And we want to see you grow into everything that God has made you to be.
1: Yeah, that's honestly, I couldn't have put it any better. And I think even that invitation that there's somebody that wants to pastor you is transformative. You know, for a long time, I'm just going to dive right into it. I think that we can feel that we become burdens to the church Mm -hmm. because of all of our problems or baggage or whatever it may be. But I want you to know whoever's listening, you are not baggage, but you are necessary to yeah. the body of Christ. Yeah. And the body exists, whether it's in person or online. I even think about like, you know, Pathway Home, what the name mean? I mean, I'll ask you first, what does the name mean to you, Pathway Home?
0: Well, Pathway, well, we could get into a, <laughs> a, whole, thing. a whole thing. That's as why, to why I asked it. As <laughs> to why, oh, you want me to go there? I want you to go All there. right, we're going to go there then. <laughs> um, pathway is, is uh, kind of self-evident. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a way it's, it's, it's a trail. It's a road that leads somewhere. And so where is it leading? It's leading home, mm-hmm. uh, I, home. It's got kind of a, t- a double meaning to it. Home is that we want this to be your home church. If you don't have one already, if you already have one, you stay connected there. But if you don't have one, we want to be it for you. So this is pathway your home, but it's also a pathway to a much greater home. The Bible says that we are only, um, We are only foreigners in this land, and our life is but a shadow and a vapor. We're here one day, and we are gone the next. This earth is not our home. The Bible says in the book of Philippians that we are citizens of heaven. That is our real home. And so all of the things that we do here at Pathway, whether it's a service, whether it's a Zoom call, whether it's um, announcements, whether it's a podcast, or whether it's other creative things that we're going to come up with later. (laughs) All of the things that that we're going to be doing uh, uh, on our online campus. It's to lead you to your real home. Your home is in heaven. Your Father is God. And it's leading you home.
1: You know, when you were explaining this to me, I think, if you don't recall, I told you very early on that I asked, God, God, what is the secret that you have for this generation? And he told me, you know, after months of praying, I was asking, asking, asking. And he said that the prodigals would bring home the prodigals. Mm. And when I think of pathway home, I think of the prodigals coming home. That doesn't matter where you've been, who you are, what you've done. The Father is still waiting with arms wide open for you to come home. And to take off those rags that you've had from the world and to give you that new robe and to place that ring on your finger and to say, I've been waiting for you. You know, my son was dead and now he's alive. My son was lost and now he is found.
0: So for anybody who may be listening right now, who may not be familiar with that story, Mm -hmm. can you give us a quick synopsis of that story?
1: And there was two sons. One of the sons asked the father for his share of the money. That he was gonna go and take his share of the money. He ends up leaving. He ends up leaving, living a reckless life. And just how we know about money money comes and money goes. But when money goes, you gotta get to work and find <laughs> money somewhere. So he's, he got a Guys job. Guys gotta eat, am I he, right? He's gotta eat. He started working as a person that would tend to the pigs. And it got to the point where he got so desperate, you know, with lack of money and lack of food, that he started even craving the food of the pigs. And at that moment, says that he came to himself and started thinking that even his father's servants had more than enough to eat on their tables. And he said, you know what, I know what to do. I'm going to go back to my father and I'm going to ask him to become one, to become like one of his servants started coming to himself and I I always think about it like when we practice what we're gonna tell our parents when we're about to get in trouble. You know, we practice the speech and I I imagine it like he was probably practicing the speech all the way till he got back home. Father, I have sinned against heaven and I have sinned against you. Take me in as one of your servants and I started thinking this is probably what he was saying all the way that, you know, all the way home. it says that the father, while he was still a long way off, not even close to the home, meaning the father was always looking out for the day that his son would come back, that he ran to his son, and he felt this compassion over him. And before he could even speak a word, the father had already met with him with forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And it says, you know, come. He and didn't
0: even let him finish his speech. He didn't
1: let him finish the speech.
0: The p- speech he probably practiced, practiced a thousand times. Father, I'm not good <laughs> yeah. enough for you. And I have yeah. sinned against heaven and is as You no longer be worthy to call your son and exactly. make me your servant. And the father's like, shut up. Get over here, kid. Yeah,
1: <laughs> give me a hug. And then he tells them, you know, bring out the best robes. Not just any robe. Bring out the best robes and place the ring on his finger. You know, and then they caused this celebration, the carne asada started happening. And they says, you know, kill the calf, bring him over, let's start a party. let's. Because my son was dead, so this celebration happened. And it was, for me, it's like this amount of fear and shame and guilt that he had. Just knowing that the father was always waiting, not angry, not upset, not waiting to punish him. But waiting with arms wide open, with grace, forgiveness, and mercy. And more than anything, this love that goes beyond any words. Because did he deserve forgiveness? Probably not. He basically told his dad, you're dead to me. I'm taking my money. You know, I'm leaving. Right. But the father was waiting and always loved him.
0: You know, even the setup of the story, I think, would speak to so many people's life. I mean, it speaks to my own life. The setup of the story is is the kid wanted his inheritance mm-hmm. before his dad died. Yeah. So in other words, he's saying, hey, old man, you are not dying fast enough for me. Mm-hmm. I don't care about you. I care about your money. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Your kid talks to you like that and he does that. Can you imagine a a huger insult, a, a greater slap in the face or spit in the face than saying, I wish you were dead so that I could have your money because that's all you're worth to me.
1: You know, one day, as you say that, you told me this one day and I forgot it. You said, I feel that we're in a time where people would be so content with a heaven without God. Yeah. Wanting the benefits of God without the Father himself. Yeah. And this story is very much so he wanted the benefits of the Father without the Father. And realizing what I always needed was always at home with my dad. Yeah,
0: that's right. But can you imagine when when in the part of the parable where it says he came to himself? Yeah. he came to himself and realized, okay, it's way better at my father's house than it is here feeding pigs and trying to eat what they eat. Um, But also there must have been some sort of internal struggle. I know it's a parable and it's a fictitious story that has a, that has a meaning behind it. But, but you put it into one's own life, you put it into your own life and and you imagine the struggle that you would have saying, man, I just, I totally slapped my father in the face. Mm-hmm. I spit in his eye. I wished him dead practically. Why would he want to receive me back? Mm-hmm. What, how, how, how could he receive me back? And I think that keeps a lot of people away. It's like, pastor, you don't know what I've done.
1: Where I've been. Where
0: I've been, the you may be watching this, you you may have killed somebody. I don't know. You may have taken an ungodly amount of drugs. You may have you may have just uh, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. you done just the worst things that you can think of.
1: Everybody has a story. Everybody's got
0: a story. The Bible says in the book of Romans that where sin abounds, God's grace much more <laughs> abounds that we think of this in human terms, but you don't know what I said. You don't know what I did. Mm-hmm. You don't know the things that I tried to cover up. Mm-hmm. And God says, yeah, I do. And I still want you back. Man, he what already a, knows it. He, you, you, can't hide, you can hide it from everybody else. You cannot hide it from God. Yeah. And God still yeah. wants you back.
1: We're open books before him. We're completely exposed before him. And I think that that's why, you know, as we think about who God is and how he works, the way that he just calls us home, no matter where we've been, you know, all shame just melts at the face of who he is. Yeah. All guilt washes away. And it's it comes first with recognition. Like he said, he came to himself. He had to recognize his state of being. And I, I, you know, in all of our stories, me and you included, we had to recognize we were sinners before we came to our Savior. But knowing him and who he is, you know, there's no sin that is greater than his love. There's no sin, you know, no shame, no guilt, no any of that. that is greater than who the Father is. And I think that sometimes we magnify our sin instead of magnifying who he is.
0: That's good. That's real good. And so stop magnifying your sin. Yeah. Because him. God is so much bigger than our failures, no matter how nasty your failure is. Yeah. No matter what you've been involved in. No matter what your background is, no matter what crazy, dirty, nasty things you've done, there is nothing outside of God's ability to forgive. That's why he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus on the cross. And because the Bible says that we, uh, our, our sin cuts us off from God and we deserve a death penalty for it. Yeah. An eternal death penalty. But God was unwilling for that to happen to us. So... He himself became flesh Mm -hmm. and he lived a perfect life. And when he got on the cross, God took all of the sins, your sins, my sins, her sins, and everybody else's sins in the world and put them on Jesus, put them on his son. And he allowed his perfect son to be killed so that you and I could take his life. It is the most unfair thing in the history of humanity but it is unfair in your favor.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's no, <laughs> you, you can't even escape the goodness of God. Um, he who knew no sin became sin on our behalf. You know, and once you come to that realization, I deserve that. And he freed me from that. Like you are free from your sin. Like, I don't know who needs to hear that, but I'm going to speak that. You are free from your sin. You're not a slave to your sin, but he himself comes and takes away that identity of sinner and makes you a son and a daughter of God.
0: And there's only one way to get that, to to uh, become a son or daughter of God. There's only one way to get rid of that sin. And it's coming to Jesus. Jesus took the penalty. You see, there's only, there, there's, there's four things that your salvation requires. First is faith. You put your faith, in Jesus, his death and his resurrection, that he died to pay for your sins and he resurrected from the dead to give you new life. So you faith. The second is repent. You repent of your sin. Repentance in its simple form is during a 180 turn. You turn your back on the things that God says are sin. And, and you say, father, forgive me. I repent. I don't want to do that. You walk away from those things. And the th- third thing is confession. The Bible says in the book of Romans, Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for it is with the heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So faith, repentance, confession. And the fourth thing is payment there must be payment for your salvation but that's where the cross comes in yeah jesus paid it all and all you need to do faith repentance confession the payment's already been made
1: that's so good
0: so why don't you lead us in a prayer for anybody who who needs to do that today
1: If you today want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, right there where you are, whether you're in your car listening to this at home, wherever you are, just pray this with me. Jesus, today, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I confess that I am a sinner, and I ask that you would come into my heart, forgive me of all my sins, and make a new creation of me. We pray this in Jesus' name, and we say amen. (laughs)
0: Wow. <laughs> if you made that prayer, I want to invite you to uh, to just contact us. You can go to pwh.tv mm-hmm. or our, or our uh, on-ground church site, which is pathwaysfv.com. Uh, yeah. And you can get in contact with us. Uh, with us uh, and we want to celebrate with you. We want to be—I I want to be your pastor. I want this to be your home church. And we want to help you not just know— Uh, Jesus as your Savior, but have him begin to uh, have you begin to walk into a brand new way of living that is absolutely unequaled and amazing. It's difficult, but it's amazing. You'll never regret following Jesus in your whole life.
1: Best decision I ever made. How about you? (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, (laughs) no doubt. Thank you for being with us today. We're going to be back. There's going to be a lot more episodes uh, forthcoming. So, just continue to be connected with us here on YouTube, at pwh.tv, as well. And God bless you guys.
1: God bless you guys. Thanks for joining in.